0: If you have your Bibles, we are in Mark chapter 4. This is week 4 of our 16-week journey through the gospel of Mark. The heart behind this is to rediscover the heart of Jesus and his will and his plans for our lives. Can you say amen? So Mark chapter 4 is our reading, and I must warn you, this is a long reading. It might be the longest thing you read all week long, um, and I think it's going to be awesome. But here's the thing. There's so much here that I can't, I can't unpack all of it tonight, today, tonight. I'm thinking about last night. We had service last night. Um, but this morning, that I'm going to do a two-part talk on this. So the, the second part of this, I will share on Wednesday night during Bible study. If you're missing Wednesday nights, you're missing out. Uh, tell your neighbor, don't miss Bible study Wednesday night. It's very quiet in here. I'm already nervous. <laughs> Mark chapter 4 says this once again, once again, we see this pattern. Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. Jesus is having church by the beach. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Jesus turned a boat into a pulpit. I love that. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should have church at the beach. That, that sounds fun. Bring a boat, though, because I don't have one. I'll borrow yours. Then he sat in a boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables. If you have your Bible, we you might want to highlight that word parables because we're going to come back to that. And he tells us this story, this parable, verse 3. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on footpath. And the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlining rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plant so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse 10, later, when Jesus was along with the 12 disciples, when Jesus was along with his crew, Jesus had a crew, And with the others who who had gathered around him, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders, so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiving. That's a scripture that Jesus quoted out of the book of Isaiah. Verse 13, then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all other parables? The farmer planted seeds by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 18, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. Verse 20, and the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. And that's the word of the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. So much here, my friends. I'm going to title this talk, if you're taking notes, Show Me the Fruits. Show Me the Fruits. Shout out to Jerry Maguire. Show Me the Fruits. We are in chapter four, and we're going to really start to get into Jesus' teachings. And you'll find out very quickly that Jesus' style of teaching was very unique because Jesus taught many times in parables, Now, parables, my friends, is a little bit different from just illustrations. As as preachers, we try to use illustrations to, to somehow flesh out a certain message or a certain passage or a certain topic. But parables are a little bit deeper than just illustration. Parable, in a sense, is spiritual applications embedded in stories, right? And sometimes they feel like a riddle. Sometimes it feels like Jesus is speaking in quotes that needs to be interpreted. And he said here that sometimes I speak in parables because not everybody is meant to understand this. And this is challenging because Jesus is saying, he who has an ear to hear and obviously, he, what he's saying here, he's saying, listen, this is deeper than just what you're hearing with your natural ears. Are you hearing with your spiritual ears? Are you really perceiving what I'm trying to convey? Because the thing is, as much as I try to be practical when I teach the Word of God, I'm convicted by this reality that no matter how practical I am, if the Holy Spirit is not our work, then it doesn't matter how practical you try to be because your practicality sometimes can get in the way of the spiritual applications that God is actually trying to reveal. So this is deeper than just hearing with your natural ears, but are you listening to what the Spirit is trying to teach? He said here to his first believers, he said, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. My friends, not everybody understands. It's one thing to hear, it's another thing to understand. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us understand. So when we sing, Spirit, you know, I love when you come, it's not just to feel goosebumps, it's to understand is to actually understand what he is trying to communicate to us. Are you tracking so far? So my friends here, Jesus gives a very powerful parable about how his kingdom works and how his will is operated in people's lives. He broke down the fact that God's word is like a seed, and that seed is planted when you are preaching it. Right now, what we're doing, we are planting seeds. I got some seeds here, right? As I'm preaching, the seed is being planted in the congregation, right? And each one of us right now are receiving seeds, Some of y'all don't want to receive seeds. (laughs) That's already a message in itself, right? That Jesus is saying his word is like a seed, and his seed is planted when the word is being preached. But he said it depends on where the seed lands. It depends on where the seed lands that it leads to what the seed produces. What's interesting is he gives you four places where the seed lands, right? And I, and I got these parts to represent each one of the soil where the seed lands. What's interesting, though, is this. It just blew my mind that it has nothing to do with the seed. It has everything to do with where the soil, he who has an ear, Let them hear, because this is a tough thing for a preacher to hear, that it's not the seed, but it's actually the soil, because a lot of times, in our natural understanding, we put so much stock on the preacher, but we don't put stock on the listener. So, we go around looking for the best preachers, but here, Jesus is saying, I'm looking for the best listeners. You see how this thing is different? Jesus is different. In the natural, we're like, I like the way that guy speaks. Jesus is like, I like the way you listen. Yes, 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 yes. Are you a good listener of the message? Because it's not the seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed, but there might be something wrong with the soil. Yes, yes. That's good. It's good. So, four different soils, but only one produced fruits. I'm not good at math, but that's not good at odds. That's one out of four who actually produces fruit. Now, let me bring this a little closer to us. Who has an ear? Let him hear. All over this country today, people will go to church, but the, you're seeing that one out of four will actually produce results. That's sobering to hear as a preacher. One out of four will actually produce results. One, two, three. Four. One, two, three, 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 four. That's not very good odds. So, of course, you got to ask the question which soil am I? Because we all want to be the good soil. But here, there's no guarantees that you are the good soil. We all want to be the hero of the story, but maybe we need to ask the question, am I good soil first? I don't want to assume that I am good soil. I need, we need to do some digging today to find out, are we really good soil? Because it's the same seed, different soil. Instead of looking for a good preacher, I need to be looking for, am I a good listener? So, what makes a soil fruitful is what I should be asking. Because I don't know if you track yet, the soil is you, just in case (laughs) we're wondering. The soil is each and every person who is receiving the word. What makes a soil fruitful? And which soil am I? Because soil number one, it says that he fell on hard ground. That he got, got the word, but it was snatched away from him or her immediately. And Jesus said, that's like the seed that fell on hard ground and birds came and ate it up. And he, he equated the birds with the enemy. He said that the seed fell, it didn't have time to go anywhere because it was hard ground you know I want to give you a reference you can write this down look it up Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 it says in Hosea 10 12 let me let me just read it for us because this is important he says look he said plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love Plow up the hard ground of your hearts For now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Some people, their ground is hard. But the good news is you can plow hard ground. That's the first group of people who will go to church. They'll hear the word. But the moment they leave the parking lot, the word is gone because it's hard ground. They don't understand that there are things in their lives that's keeping the word from taking root. Mm, that's good. That's good. Then he says, there's, there's this other soil that is it's not hard, but it's shallow. It's not hard, but it's shallow. That's a different type of challenge. When you have a shallow soil where the, 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 the seed will go as far as you allow it to go. Yes, 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 yes. Because it's shallow. And he, and he compares this one. The second one, he says, this is, this is the people who have no roots. They're excited about it, but they don't have roots to take them deeper into what the seed actually wants to produce. And he says, these are the people that get excited. They're, listen, c- catch this. This is important. He says there's like two quick things that happens here. It's quick excitement and then quick evaporation. Yes, it's, good. It's, good. It's, the, it's the, oh, my God, this is amazing to, oh, my God, where is God? Yes, yes. God is awesome. By Tuesday, I'm an atheist. Why? Because he said, Jesus said, "This is the people who will receive the word gladly, but when, when tribulation comes, when persecution comes, they quickly give up. Yes, yes, come on. Because they don't have any roots; they're shallow. What, what what I'm seeing here with this one, with the church thing, is that people will come and they're confusing following Jesus with good vibes." People think, oh my gosh, I love the music. It's so fun with the spirit of the Lord. And then by Tuesday, what the heck happened? There's no roots. My friends, I'm, I'm concerned that we're confusing following Jesus with good vibes. Good vibes comes and goes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a shallowness that's happening in the body of Christ because we have no roots. Are you tracking with me? I want to say a couple more things about no roots. I I, I hope you understand this. Some people think that they have it because their parents have it. Your parents' roots is their roots. But at some point, you're going to have to dig your own roots. Some people might think, "Oh, my friends—they're into church. I must be into it too." No, no, no. Everybody has to have their own root system when it comes to this thing called Christianity. It's—you don't get rollover minutes when it comes to Jesus. You got to have your own roots. You got to have your own experiences, because bottom line of this is—this is what we see in society. It's instant gratification but no long-term fruits. And then we get to three. So you got a hard ground, you got a shallow ground, but then you have thorny soil. This is one is very interesting because it says that the word does go deeper, but the problem is there are other things that are growing at the same time with the word. It says that, that, that the thorns suffocate the word. Right? It says that here, right? Jesus equates this with the fact that you, you yeah, you, 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 you seem like you love God, but you seem like you also love the world too much. Yes, yes. You can't seem to make up your mind. Right? You seem to want to get into the things of God, but you're still in the things of the world. And you're allowing the cares of the world to choke down the word. You're allowing the Lord of wealth to be your God as opposed to actually trust God. And you're allowing what the world calls success to be your definition as opposed to let God define what success looks like in your life. And so, you are conflicted. It says, everything here is growing together. That's the problem. And sooner or later, something's got to give. These are people who love Jesus, but they still love clubbing. They love Jesus, but they love Hennessy a little too much. They love Jesus, but sex is their God. They can't seem to let Jesus define their sexuality because they have to define their sexuality. They have to tell Jesus how to be. And Jesus is saying, no, no, something's got to give. I'm either Lord or I'm nothing. Only one out of four produces. Because you either have hard ground, shallow, or thorny soil. Then he gets to the good soil. He says it's good because the soil is conditioned for growth. He says here the soil actually receives, the soil accepts, And then the soil produces life. It has fruits to show. It has fruits to back up the reality that it is good soil. So it's not what I say, it's what I produce. Because I can say a lot of things. But but where's the fruit? Where's the beef? Well, I can I can talk to talk, but where's the walk? Where's the walk? Because that soil accepts the word, and it bears fruit. Because no farmer plants seeds just for fun. The farmer is planting, knowing that there's a sowing season and then there's a reaping season. I'm afraid some people are going to church just to pass time. Jesus is not in the past time. Jesus is in producing results and showing that real, I'm in you and you're in me, and those who abide in me will produce much fruit. He accepts the word. He bears fruit. He fulfills the purpose of the seed because the seed already has fruits in it. Nothing wrong with the seed. The problem is the soil. It's the soil that determines the fruit. So, of course, you got to ask the question, what are the fruits? What are the fruits? If it's not good vibes, what is it then? What are the actual fruits of being a good soil, according to Jesus? I'm glad you asked, because we need to answer that question. (laughs) And we need to let Jesus answer that question. Let me give you a few examples of what Jesus talks about fruit. First of all, he told his disciples this in the book of John. He puts it this way. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove fruits to the world that you are my disciples. So the number one fruit for Jesus is his new commandment of loving one another. The world loves themselves. We don't have a problem with loving ourselves. We have a problem with loving others. You even hear people say, I love God, but I can't stand people. (laughs) Guess what? You got no fruits. Because God even says, he says, how can you say you love me, you never see me, but you can't love people that you see every day? That makes you a liar, he says. That means I'm not in you. My friends we got to be careful not to dupe ourselves to think we got something that we don't have. Yes, it's right. it's good. It says you will, the people will know that you have fruits because of the way that you actually love. That's, that's one way to produce fruit. In Galatians, it tells you this, this Holy Spirit that we sing about produces fruit in us. Watch this. In Galatians, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces fruit this kind of fruit in our lives. What's fascinating is the soil cannot produce fruit. It can only condition itself to produce. Yes, that's good. That's good. I got a Portuguese neighbor who has impeccable lawn. He's got the, his lawn is so beautiful, I want to lay on it and have a picnic on his behalf. My lawn and his lawn are next to each other and it's night and day. It's not even close. I asked him the other day, I said, come over, man. Help me. But why does he have beautiful lawn? Because that man works on that thing. Like, not long ago it was snowing and he's out there doing his thing. I'm like, man, he knows. I am sowing right now because in due time I'm going to reap a beautiful lawn. But here's the thing. He can't produce grass. He can only work the soil. No man can produce fruit. You can only condition yourself to produce. So this is not like, I'm going to try really hard to be filled with love. The harder you try, the harder you fail. It's like, no, are you condition yourself for the holy spirit to produce love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there's no law against these things in other words when my soil is right it just produces i don't produce these things i can't notice it doesn't say anything about happiness because you don't want to be happy. You want to be joyful. Happy means I have to keep waiting for something to happen for me to be happy. Joy is just the fruit of God's spirit that's already residing in me that produces joy out of me. But I can't produce it. I can only position myself to receive it. But he goes on. There's more fruits. In Hebrews, he says, hey, you know, that you are good soil when you work towards unity and holiness. Watch this. Go ahead. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Wow. If you're not holy, you won't see the Lord. You may go to church, doesn't mean you're seeing the Lord. So, what is the question here? What is holiness? It's not perfection. It's being set apart. It's knowing that you belong to the Lord, and your life reflects that you belong to the Lord. Because why? Because your fruits are unity and holiness. Holiness means I'm married. And there's no question about my marriage. See, a lot of people flirt with Jesus. They don't get married to Jesus. Come on, People are coming to church flirting with this thing and thinking they have it, but if you don't put a ring on it, you don't have it because the ring proves my commitment and dedication to say I belong to the Lord. I'm set apart for him and him alone. And there should be no question who is my Lord and my Savior. Because Jesus said, I'm coming for my bride. Not for my girlfriends. Let me give you one more. Fruits. That says I'm a good soil. Jesus said this when he came back from the dead. He said, therefore go and make disciples. Of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this: I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How do you know your good soil? Are you going? Are you making disciples? Are you teaching new believers to obey the commands that the Lord gave them? Because if you're not, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Because in making disciples, here's the thing about discipleship. Only a disciple will make another disciple. Because you can't give what you don't have. Only a disciple will want to go and make more. And have it in them to teach new people. See, this is what I'm saying. We're over here looking for the best preachers. Jesus is looking for the best disciples. Because when you don't find the best preacher, what do you do? You go and find other churches. Yes, that's good. That's good. That's good. And you notice the 25% clapping proves my point. So, thank you for helping me preach. So why no fruits so though sh- outside of the ground being hard and, 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 and shallow and thorny? Why is it that sometimes you may think everything is in place, but why is it that there's no fruits? And so I asked that question. I did ask that question because it bothered me. I said, why is it that my neighbor lives next to me? He's got beautiful grass and I'm out here struggling. Someone said to me, part of what you need to do, you need to test your soil. Because there's different reasons for why certain soil doesn't produce. And what's interesting is, the Bible says you need to test your spiritual soil to see why is it that you're not producing the fruits that you should be producing. Watch this. In Corinthians chapter 13, Paul, which by the way, he's speaking to a group of people who wanted better preachers but they weren't producing any fruits. Here's what Paul says to them, he says to us. He says, look, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Wow. He's saying, you, say, you know, test what's underneath. Because on the surface, we all look the same. But what is underneath? What's keeping you from producing the right fruits? Let me make this clear, just because you are in church does not mean you are in Christ. Yes, 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 if you are in Christ, sooner or later you will produce, because the word never returns void. Yes, good. So test yourselves. Are you really in Christ or are you just go into church? Is Jesus truly the Lord of your life so that he can produce the fruits in your life? How do I know? Because the Bible shows you how to test yourself. In Galatians, it says, Look, my old self has been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. No longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. So I don't tell God what to do. He tells me what to do. That's the only way that I produce good fruits is when Christ is the Lord of my life. Not an acquaintance, Not someone that I visit with on the weekends, but the Lord. Lord means boss. He leads, he guides, he corrects, he rebukes. He does what he needs to do for me so that I may truly live in him. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Because there's no producing fruits if he's not the Lord of your life. Are you tracking? When you test your soil, The Lord, again, he who has an ear, the Lord will reveal things that you don't see on the surface. Let me prove it to you. The second thing that shows you how to test your soil is, are there any hidden sins in my life that's choking the word from producing? Watch this, Psalms 32. David says, oh, what joy for those whose obedience is forgiving. Whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has clear of guilt. Whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Keep going. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. Some people are not physically sick. They're spiritually sick. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Some people are not depressed because of clinical depression. They're depressed because of spiritual depression. Yes. 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 That's, that's good. Keep going. Finally, I confess all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Sometimes we're not producing because there's hidden sins. The Lord does not bless sin. The Lord died for sin. Where sin is, the Lord cannot coexist. But aren't we all sinners? Yes, we're all sinners, but we choose to live in sin. It's two different things. When we're actively living lifestyles who are opposite of the word of God, we're living in sin. Okay, how cute you are, how dressed up you are for church, underneath, the Lord knows I can't co sign your life because there's sins there that you haven't confessed to me. He's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, but you have to confess it first. The Lord will not force his will on you. Yes, yes, it's good. Come on. You have to confess to see the deliverance that he wants to bring in our lives. So sometimes if you wonder why I'm not producing, you ask the question, are there any hidden things that I haven't surrendered to the Lord? How are we doing? I got two more. Sometimes the reason why we're not producing fruit is because of compromises in our lives. It may not be hidden sin, but the Lord has told you what to do and you're still not doing it. Watch this. James says, Remember this, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh. Why do you think so many people will leave church today all over this country and go right back to the same old life because they'd activated what the Lord already said to do? Yeah, it's good. That's good. And then we're wondering, why is the Lord not blessing me? The Lord's like, I want to bless you, it's on you. Yes. I'm waiting for you to activate what I already told you to do. And if we're paying attention, we all know what we need to do. So if there's compromises, there's no fruit. And lastly, sometimes it's the attitudes of the heart. Because the Lord goes straight to the heart, he doesn't look at the outward. He goes to the heart. Watch this, in Ephesians he tells you this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. So you can't sing when the Spirit is moving, come rest on me, but it's like how you living will either bless the Holy Spirit or grieve the Holy Spirit. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. But watch this. Keep going. Get rid. Get rid. In other words, for this is you got to pull the weeds. Yes, yeah. on. Yeah. 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 The Lord won't pull the weeds for you. You know the beauty picture of the weeds is that you have to be on your knees to pull weeds. I know why my neighbors have good grass because I see them on their knees doing the work to make room for the soil to grow. Look at some of the weeds. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. My friends, if we don't pull weeds, we're not going to see fruits. I was telling someone yesterday that you can live years with bitterness in your heart because you refuse to forgive someone. But not realizing that you are short-circuiting your own blessings because you won't open the door for forgiveness. Some people will go years without talking to a loved one because they haven't forgiven them but not realizing, wow, you are prison of your own cell, and you hold the keys because you are harboring bitterness. And we all know what it feels like to go on through your day, you're having a good day, but then you see someone that you haven't forgiven, and your whole day is ruined. And those people could be having a time of their lives because they moved on, but you didn't. You're the prisoner of your own cell. These are weeds, my friend, that needs to be pulled out. I'm going to stop here and conclude this talk on Wednesday night, but I'll leave you with some questions to consider today. Question number one is, did you pass the test? The answer to that question is unique. It all depends on where you are right now in your life, and what the condition of your soil is. What breaks my heart about this is that it, I hate that it confirms the reality that only one out of four people will do the work. It's the 20-80 ratio, you ever heard of it? 20% of the people will do 80% of the work. But I'm optimistic, here's why I'm optimistic, because soil could be worked on. Soil doesn't have to stay hard if you plow it. It doesn't have to be shallow if you dig. It doesn't have to be thorny if you get on your knees and pull some weeds. So I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can shift things. How about we make it three out of four people who do the will of God? How about in this church we decide I'm going to do the work and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to produce the results. Because the Bible says work out your salvation and God's working on you. You wouldn't even have it in you to work out your salvation if God's already pushing you to work out your salvation. But sometimes some of us, we got to get on our knees and pull some things out of the way for the Holy Spirit to actually produce life. Some of us have to confess some things that only the Lord knows. Some of us will have to Make up our mind. Is it good vibes or is it Jesus? Do I follow Jesus or do I just go to that church because it's, it's cool? But cool don't last. It doesn't last. So are you truly saved? Because if you are, it's no longer about you you've surrendered your life to Jesus. And how do you know you've surrendered your life to Jesus? Who makes your schedule? Who tells you what to do with your money? Who tells you who to sleep with? How to live life? Is it you? Or is it the Lord? That's how you know. When we say serve the city, is it do I have time or oh, the Lord? Lord, is that your will? When we say give, do you automatically get locked up because money is the Lord of your life? Or is the Lord the Lord of your life? See, my friends, I I, I don't want us to be duped. I can't make anyone believe but my job is to preach the truth and pray that it falls on good soil. That it will be a fruit. So, lately, we've been, we've been trying to make room in the services for people to work on their soil. So, as we do this song, I hope it's not dismissal. I hope it's an invitation to say, Lord, come work on me. Come plow my hard ground, deepen my soil, remove weeds, because I want to produce. So this is what this song is about. It's an invitation. And you're welcome to come to the altar. Sometimes you've got to take a step of faith and get closer to the Lord. Or you can do it on your seat. But I hope it's not dismissal. I hope it's not, I just got this, i got to leave so the enemy can take it away from me. I hope we're willing to do some work, some digging. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We don't just want to sing the song. We want the work that you can do. To plow our soil so that we may produce fruits. 30, 60, 100 fold, depending on each person's journey and uniqueness of faith. So open our hearts to you today. Move on us. Remove things that need to be removed. Be the Lord of our lives, Jesus. We invite you to come. And have your way we hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you if it was helpful share with a friend for more info visit newlifesouthcoast.com until next time have a blessed week